Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, final stretch of the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jagdish, and Ryan Huang now turning our attention to the bigger picture. Mm, yes, indeed. Lots of headlines around Omicron. Uh, but apparently, the impact of this variant and its jitters not as bad as initially thought. And this is certainly showing up in the markets, isn't it, Ryan? It is giving some support to markets. In fact, we are seeing Wall Street up for a second day in a row, led by technology stocks. And that is, as you pointed out, investors feeling a bit less fearful about the potential economic impact from the latest variant Omicron and look at the Dow was up 1.4% the S&P 500 in the green by 2.1% the Nasdaq composite outperforming jumping 3% clocking his best day since March to get a bigger picture we've got Gary Dugan he is the CEO for the global CIO office morning Gary how are you today I'm well, thank you. Hey, Gary, let's get your reading of the pulse of the markets uh, these days. If you look at the news, it's a bit like tennis these days where you see the ball going back and forth between Omicron news. What's your take on how markets have been reacting? Yes, you're absolutely right. The analogy with tennis, it's... um, Now, I think we felt that markets have been too negative when Omicron came along. Clearly, we've been living with the virus for some time and uh, things change uh, from week to week. But the reaction was very negative. We went down a good way, but we rebound as people realize it's not such a threat. I think, unfortunately, on the horizon now will be, well, if it's not such a threat, we're going to have strong global growth and more inflation than previously thought. And that mm. could be the challenge in the, in the coming quarter. Yeah, Gary, you've seen in the latest wave, um, the bounce being led by technology stocks. So what's your view right now of the tech space, specifically in China, where we've seen the Chinese tech stocks taking quite a beating in recent weeks and some market watchers are now saying they look quite attractive. The prices are quite attractive. And it's worth noting, Weibo makes its secondary listing debut in Hong Kong today. Yeah, I think that the longer-term backdrop is still uncertain, but in the kind of mood of the market that you want to buy things that have fallen a long way is the kind of value way of getting back into the market after the significant setback. You know, Chinese stocks in general, but particularly technology, look attractive, hence the rebound that we've been seeing, you know, 10 or 12 percentage points in a day in just the last couple of trading sessions. Mm, and, of course, we've seen a triple R cut from China just this week. It is the second one this year. How much will that do to prop up stock markets in China? It's kind of positive, the sentiment. Uh, in terms of its absolute impact, it's quite modest. I know it's a, you know many billions, hundreds of billions of renminbi that then get pumped into the economy. But I think you know a lot of people are hoping that Chinese authorities come with a bigger um, impulse to the economy, either through government spending or support for the property sector. And those, I think, will end up being quite neutral and not the significant boost that people hope. Yeah, talking about the property sector, Evergrande in the news this week, and this is around its latest deadline. In fact, it was yesterday, a 30-day grace period. They have apparently, to, according to reports, still not paid up for those bond payments. So it's really leaving investors on the edge of the chairs right now. What do you make of the property sector in China? And do you see the government stepping in in a bigger way? I think they don't want an unholy mess at the end of the day, but I, I also don't think they necessarily want to be saving some of the companies in the past that have, uh, you know, probably just went over the top in terms of the, the expansion of their balance sheets and took on crazy corporate risk. So I think they almost still wanted to, to you know, for the sector to be taught a lesson, hmm. but without creating a hole in the economy. 
Okay, that's going to be a tough one to balance, you know, allowing them to let market forces take control, but at the same time, not letting too much damage into the overall economy. And looking at where we are for inflation, you pointed out that if Omicron is not as bad as we were bracing for, it might mean high inflation. What does that mean for the FOMC meeting coming up next week? I think we're going to see a faster pace of tapering. So the quantitative easing we've seen in the past, that's going to be reined in. Now, previously that was supposed to be happening over a number of quarters, but we think they could accelerate that. The reason being is that they need to get the quantitative tapering out of the way Mm. before they can uh, increase interest rates. And I think they're now minded, clearly with Omicron in the last 48 hours, seemingly like a less of a problem, they want to get that interest rate increase in earlier or they need to have the scope to do that. So I think uh, you're going to hear about tapering faster. Yeah. How much of a hike are you looking out for next year, Gary? How many rate hikes are we looking out for from the Fed? I think we could have 50 basis points. That's kind of baked into the financial markets. I'm not so sure it's baked into the equity market, but I do think uh, we could be surprised at the pace. So I would say a base case, of 50 basis points, but it could be quicker because by the middle of next year, we could still be seeing a lot of inflation, particularly if Asia were to come back strongly after the, uh, this year's lockdown. Okay, so if we do get that signal from the Fed that you know, the pace of tapering is going to pick up and we do get rate hikes coming on next year, what will that mean for markets, the stock markets? How will that pan out for the US and in Asia? I think Asia is still be good news because I don't think it's, you know, 50 basis points or even 100 basis points on U.S. rates are not going to create such a wave for Asia. I think it's more challenging for the financial markets in the West, particularly in the United States, which to us are, are, are you know, very fully valued. Whereas in Asia, I think the good economic news, even with a backdrop of uh, increased interest rates, but increased interest rates reflect a bit of inflation. And, and that's clearly what Asia, particularly Japan, needs. Mm. And if we take a step back and wrap things up, Gary, where are you advising your clients to park in money right now in terms of markets and sectors? Well, we're still sticking with the, uh, the equity markets. And I think, uh, I think there's going to be a stronger swing behind the financial markets in Asia. And I do think that uh, the kind of what I call the reopening trades, so that's consumer discretionary and the technology sectors will do well. All right, consumer discretionary and the technology sector will be ones to watch. We've been sharing Gary Dugan. He is the CEO of the Global CIO Office. Gary, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.